Shattered Dice and Broken Pants is a D&D podcast made by grown-ups for grown-ups. And welcome to Shattered Dice and Broken Pants. I will be your DM for this podcast session. My name is Eric Passion, and I'm just going to tell all the listeners now that you are listening to episode zero. This episode is more about talking about behind the scenes, talking about the world, talking about finalizing finalizing the characters. So to say a little bit, as I said, behind the scenes stuff. So if you want to go straight straight into the action. Press the next, and you will go directly to episode one, where we're going to start immediately with, uh, with, uh, with the roleplay. And there we lost half the listeners for this episode. Uh, I'm here uh, together with my glorious, beautiful uh, players. We have Robin. Hi, I'm Robin, and I'll be the voice of Lucius of Silvalar. Yes, and we have the beautiful voice of Daniel. Hi, my name's Daniel. Uh, I will be the voice of Kai Amara. And we have the voice of Felix. Hi, um, Felix Danlum. I'll be the voice of Boring Rams. And we have Carl. Hi, I'm Carl. I am going to be the voice of Nökor Davi Berden. Perfection. Now, uh, all the players in... Players have already made uh, characters up to a certain point. They haven't made their stats and stuff like that. Uh, so we're going to start rolling them while also talking a little bit at the same time. Now, the way that we're going to roll the finalizing stats, which is the finalizing attributes uh, of uh, strength, dex, constitution, uh, charisma, intelligence, wisdom, uh, they are going to get an 18 and an 8 immediately from me and after this and after this they're going to get to roll uh, the rest of the stats but they're going to roll one each and then uh, one each and then everyone is going to put out that stat on their character sheet now they are going to get to roll two times and pick one of one of those stats to make it a bit more fair for them um, if that doesn't make sense, they're gonna I'll probably understand pretty soon we're actually doing it. Now, first off, uh, all players write up 18 and 8, as those are two stats that you get from the start. You can write up anywhere you want. So, we... okay. Now, uh, I also... Yes, yes. Now, I also would like... Uh, for clarifications, right? If we get a high stat and a dump stat, we can put them anywhere. Yes, you get a high stat and a dump stat. You can put absolutely anywhere you want. Okay, thank you. Yes. The way that we're now going to do is uh, we're going to roll. And I believe we're going to start to roll with, uh, let's say, Felix. You get to roll. All right, you ready? So just 3d6. 3d6, no extra d6, just 3d6. There's going to be two rolls, pick one. No fail safes? No fail safes. (laughs) Three and four. That is a 13. Ooh, roll roll again. 
What is that? 18. Yeah, no, no, no. Isn't it? <laughs> Definitely 18. <laughs> Uh, 5, 11, 13, 14, 15. 15. 15. Which one do you choose? 15. You choose a 15. We have an 18, an 8, and a 15. Everyone, uh, everyone write that down, that you have a 15 as well. Then I believe we'll go to car. First up, actually, Felix, what what kind of character are you are you playing? What kind oh, of class? Uh, I am playing uh, Bloodhunter, and I am playing the Ghost Slayer subclass. Ghost Slayer subclass, and you are a dwarf, correct? <laughs> yes, I'm a mountain dwarf. Mountain dwarf, uh Blood Hunter. Yeah. Yes. The uh, I believe it was a class made by Matt Mercer. It's kind of homebrew, but also kind of official. That's how it is. Official-ish. Official-ish. Still works. Uh, let's jump over to Carl. Okay. Roll. Yes. yes. Roll me first three dice. Yes. Roll number one is... A total of uh, five. Five. Roll again. Yes. Um, second roll is a total of let's see, uh, thirteen. Thirteen. Which one do you choose? Five or thirteen? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a it's tough a diff- choice here. Difficult uh, decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very mm-hmm. difficult. Ah. Uh, you know what? We're going to make it a bit interesting. We're going for the five. Going for the five. Jesus. Everyone five, write huh? down a five oh, as a stat. Okay, that's Oof. yeah. Now, oh, yeah. Uh, Carl, also tell me a little bit about your character. What are you playing? I am playing a Hildwarf Barbarian. Hildwarf Barbarian. Which subclass? Uh, going for the totem. A totem. Coolers. Another, we have two dwarfs so far. Let's go for Daniel. Oh, lovely. Yes. Could I um, see what I'm rolling here? First roll. Six, two, and four. So, 12. 12, roll again. Mm-hmm. And we have a six. <laughs> Do you choose the six or the 12? Mm. We already have two very low numbers where we're going to have to find space for, so I'm going to choose the 12. The 12. Everyone write up at yes. 12. No worries. I'll edit three after. Uh, <laughs> and, and Daniel, please tell me a little bit about your character. Well, I'm going to be playing a Water Genasi for this one. Um, yeah. And I've chosen, whenever it comes up, a, the star, uh, the star uh, what's it called again? Um, uh, let me check it up as I am not prepared enough. Absolutely. The Best podcast. The Circle of Stars <laughs> subclass stars. is what I'm going for. And you're playing a druid. And I'm playing a druid, indeed. Yes. You're a druid Circle of Stars. Yes. Perfect. That's what I am. Uh, then let's jump over to Robin. Roll me 3d6. Let's see, there was once. I'm not far from it. <laughs> Eight. Oh, Eight. Oh, wow. Yeah. Roll again. Eight or Ooh, four. that's substantially wow. better. Fourteen. Fourteen. Oh, damn. Well, which so one? Let's take the fourteen. Fourteen. Everyone, write that down. That should make everyone have their stat line. I believe it is an eighteen, an eight, a five, a fifteen, a fourteen, and what was the last? Uh, 12. 12. 12. 12. Thank you. That is your stat line. Perfect. 
In the meantime, while you decide to work, actually, not that, bad. Just time. to for clarification, we get to put these anywhere we want. Anywhere you want. Oh, thank you very much. Anywhere you want. It's not like deciding order with like, the role. Yeah, everybody has the same stat yeah, for the same character. <laughs> Everyone's going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> strength 18, dex 8, and they just keeps on going with like weird ass stats. Yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, uh, question. Yes. Are we going with a um, optional rule from Tasha's Cauldron to everything that you can move your racial bonuses? Um, oh, yeah. I would not have, but if if all of you decide you want to go with it, I'm okay with it. I'm fine either way, so... Yeah. Just wanted to make sure. Yes. I'm actually okay with my stats or my racial bonuses as they are, um, but that's up to you if you feel like you want to. I'm, I'm absolutely fine with it. I have absolutely no preference. Uh, neither do I. Yes. Well, that's quite interesting. Yes. Now, this is an interesting uh, statline. The thing, is, the thing is, right, I've already reached a 19. Nice. So... I feel pretty confident. I mean, it's nice. I'm at a total of 20 in Constitution. (laughs) Oh, boy. Very, very. Oh, wow. (laughs) Now we're talking. Um, I'm also going to talk a little bit. While they decide to put our stats, I'm going to tell you uh, this adventure. This is an actual play podcast, as you already know since you pressed this podcast. Uh, This adventure will be played out in my own homebrewed world. They're not going to be playing in the uh, the normal D&D world. They're going to be playing in my own homebrew world. So I'm going to, uh, in this episode, talk a little bit about the world, explain a little bit. Um, uh, For example, they're going to start out their adventure in, uh, in an area with a bunch of different baronies called Moloch. Moloch is an area with tons of different baronies that has gone together to kind of create a union to keep themselves more safe. And they're going to start in a town slash barony called Marla that is very often called the capital of Moloch since it is the, since it is the biggest trading city of the entire country. Marla also is uh, Marla also is like in the middle of, uh, of Moloch, so it's very... Very easy to get to if you live in Moloch to trade and stuff. Uh, many other countries also go there to trade. Very true. Just want to throw that out so you know. Now, the rest of you, the ones who are done, can also, if they want to, if they have any questions or anything, please just throw them at me and I will answer. If you have anything you want to add about your character or any questions, stuff like that, then just throw them at me. Well... The thing is, um, choosing my subclass through D&D Beyond, uh, I didn't get to choose that as a level one. Uh, at least D&D Beyond didn't let me choose one. Yeah. Because it comes in level two. Two. Yeah. 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 True to be okay. uh, we're going to start level three. Oh, we're going to start level three? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you knew. No, I didn't. <laughs> That's going to change a lot. That's going I'm to change sorry. a lot of things. Well, I, we have more time. I mean, to you can start at level one if you want to, but I'm going to start at level three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Cool. Thanks. No, it's fine. Um, uh, that, that means we have to have more time to answer questions. Indeed. Oh, cool. Great. Um, <sighs> All right. I have. 
Minus three in strength. Per- minus. I have minus three in strength as well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, I have a plus four in wisdom. However, could I please borrow a pen again? Could I have that pen? Yes, but it's the permanent. Good pen. Oh, it's, a, it's not permanent. <laughs> it's uh, not permanent. Uh, just so people are listening, it's a friction pen, meaning that you can oh. erase it. It looks like a permanent okay. pen, but it's a it friction didn't work. Pen. It didn't work. It still it's doesn't work. Magic. Now it works. Yeah. Now it works. Yeah. It's, it's a it, magic pencil. Mention it. Yeah. Magic pencil. It's fantastic. I'm giving it out to anyone who wants to use it. I have three of them, and I'm keeping one for myself, and two of them gets to go to people who wants it. No. No. <laughs> how do I uh, how do I use this pen? Stupid as a monkey. Yes. Uh, you put it to the paper oh. and you press. Yes. yes. Really nice. The uh, clip where you hang it is also the place where you push to uh, take out the ink. Ah, oh, push it. Ah, push it. Push mm-hmm. it. <laughs> you got that one. I haven't <laughs> haven't heard that song in. Right I know. I know. Jesus. All right, social encounter is gonna be a hassle. Yes, why? <laughs> I have a plus twelve. You have a plus twelve. Wait, yeah. No, no, no. How do you have it? Wait, you have. I have twenty yeah. charisma, and oh you have expertise. God, you okay? Face of the party, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna be the face of. I'm gonna. Go, You're welcome uh, to take the lead. I can take the hits. Very good, because I only have eight con. Yeah. yeah, I put my five in charisma. That's gonna be. Oh, great. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Awkward as heck. Oh, that's freaking fantastic. Yeah, I also put my five in charisma. Oh, hey! So, <laughs> I kind of saying it like my character is just going to be a major downer. Grounds and snarls at anyone who tries to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Well, like, you should be playing oh. Beast Barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sad and lonely. <laughs> no one loves me. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure you can smack some faces, though. Beefy. All right. Beefy boy. So, uh, the world we're living in. Yes. Or the world we are existing in. Yes. Um short resume like uh, where are we right now um yes as i said you are in marla mm-hmm. um you are on a continent called melfast the continent is about the same size as australia so a bit bigger than europe so to say in size um and you will be in the northern hemisphere of this well in the northern part of this continent uh, you are in the region of Moloch. Both to your west and uh, to your west, you reach more of the dwarven lands where we have keeps and stuff uh, from the dwarves, both mountain dwarves, hill dwarves, and there uh, and amongst the dwarves, we have two specific keeps. That is the biggest ones that everyone is talking about and want to trade with, which is uh, Sunoga, which is the uh, mountain dwarf keep. And Balg City, which is the hill dwarf. Is, the is hill it Balg with a G? Yeah, Balg with a G. Balg City. Balg City. That is the two great keeps of the dwarves. The reason why those two are extremely famous is because a long time ago, uh, 436 years ago, if you want to be exact in this world, there was a great war between uh, between the dwarves and 
a race called the True Elves, they call themselves. They were often called different things, but they call themselves the True Dwarves. Well, the, the True Elves. The True Elf was a type of elf that simply didn't have a lifespan of death. So they just kept on growing and growing in age, and they just kept on growing in magic, and they were absolutely outstanding and just the most badass race there is. They uh, they had three great empires um, of Dan and uh, Dan and Fanen and uh, and uh, and Eufilat. There were three great empires, and within those empires were pretty much all the races as well. They were simply slaves to the elves. And one day, the dwarves... Sorry, I dropped my pen! I'm sorry, sorry listeners. I'm a so true elves equals dwarf. assholes, or asshats. Yes, exactly. But the dwarves one day simply had enough, and they started the, the revolution against them. Uh, uh, to be to be precise, it was the mountain, uh, was the mountain dwarves of a keep called... Uh, uh, keep called... Rinnen. Rinnen is no longer existent. Rinnen okay. got wiped out of existence by the true elves. But it was this happening that made all other races also make this revolution and eventually made and eventually made the true elves' empires fall. And most true elves have, through time, gotten so fucking murdered. There's pretty much no true elves left. They have been just absolutely chopped down and killed. How long ago did this event? 436 436, years. 436, all right. Yes. There's very few people who still remembers remembers the Great War. A few dwarves remembers and a few lucky elves uh, of the other other normal elves kind remembers. The filthy ones. The filthy ones. Yeah, the filthy oh, ones. The, one, the ones who are not true elves. Ah. The, one, the ones that the true elves thought was disgusting and slapped them down. <laughs> you could uh, say they are <coughs> mudbloods then. Exactly. Yes, mud elves. Like, mud elves. Mud elves. Disgusting, they... filthy mud elves. They fake elves. That's a good dark turn. <laughs> fake elves. <laughs> Off-brand elves. Hmm. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I um, am uh, also going to say that I have modified... Uh, a lot of races are slightly modified here and there. For example, the elves are modified that in the D&D realm, I believe an elf usually lives around 700 years. Uh, I believe in the D&D uh, lore. Uh, I have made it so that, yes, they technically do live that long, but as soon as they become between 150 and 200 years, um, their brains just won't really be able to handle it, and they will, and the brains kind of will start deteriorating and they will start turning quite insane so very few elves are born uh, very few elves are born with a brain strong enough to be able to survive all the 700 years so most elves turn insane before then so it's very few races that is very long lived okay uh the probably most the probably most uh successful long-lived one would probably be the dwarves uh who lives if i'm not mistaken in D around 400 years Something like that. Something. Yes. Perhaps a little less, but I yes. think it's about. I think it's about the. This is semantics, but the three hundred years ish, three hundred fifty. I don't know, but uh, about along those yeah, lines. Exactly around there. Uh, they're probably one of the most successful long-lived races. Um, other than that, um, uh, I have um, kind of reshaped the wood elves in this world. 
sort of wood elves are of a more dark skinned with a slight either brown or reddish hair together with yellow or green eyes. So they are way more dark toned and stuff like that. The high elves is more of Asian descent. And the high elves also believe themselves to be more closer to the true elves. So uh, they are usually the smug ones who thinks that they are just slightly better because they are uh, because they are by direct genetic connected to the true elves. Hmm. Yes. Let's make an asshole list. <laughs> Let's make All an right. asshole list. Yep. Okay. Hmm. All right. So, and we belong to the the company called the Black Shield. Of what right. we know. Yes. Sorry, I should have mentioned that too to you, other podcast listeners. Yes. Um, how this is going to start is that all of the players are a part of a guild called the Black Shield. Uh, the Black Shield Guild is a mercenary guild, extremely well known across the entire continent, and they exist in pretty much every country. They have some kind of footing. Some some countries less, some countries more. Uh, the Moloch region, uh, they have one of the best grasps. Like uh, like uh, they have a very big guild house. They have a few other they have a few other like hideouts here and there where you can go. Um, but they are definitely very prominent in uh, in this region that you are right now, um, and you're going to start as in you are part of this guild. How you've gotten there is up to you, but you have for some reason joined this guild. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. How about the, um, the pantheon? Right, there are. I have also made their own pantheons throughout the world. There's different ones depending on which uh, country and stuff. There are tons of them, but the most prominent ones are usually one singular for each uh, country or same for several other countries. We are right now in Moloch. The most common uh, religion here is Frilia. Frilia. It is a religion about a uh, about a an angel champion that walked down from the sky with her uh, with her golden burning sword and slayed the darkness so that all so that all that is living could live on this world um, they believe in the uh, believe in the warrior spirit and uh, the country right now is quite free faith like you're allowed to believe anything you want but just don't talk shit about Phileia or you will probably have a big problem, uh, since uh, the Flame Faith also have their own kind of elite church guard, which is called the White Dragons, and they very often patrol in patrol in the different bigger barony cities in this region, including including the city you're in right now, and they are usually people with the with the big guns. Usually, there is um, most other. Fucked. But yeah, like most other military companies, like they usually look up to these white dragons since their faith, their devotion, and their just pure working out to become to this level is extreme. And you use uh, and to and to join the white dragons, you first have to have been a quite renowned soldier and then join them. Like you have to be invited by their by, by their leaders to actually be able to join. So not just any pleb could join. Exactly. Not just any pleb can just go there and be like, hey, I want to join. I believe in Freleia. All right. <sighs> All right. Here, wear a scarf and clean the floors. <laughs> That's pretty much going to be what they're going to do. <laughs> All right. All right. 
Um, I also believe something you've told me earlier, but uh, about especially this is um, something that's true for for some uh, characters that have, especially the dwarves that have left or been somehow banished from uh, from their forts. Yes, um, uh, dwarves never dwarves never leave their forts. If they do leave their forts, they will almost always become a Mari. A Mari is a dwarf that has been exiled from their fort. They have they have gotten a tattoo somewhere on their body that uh, that have been forced to get, and they have simply been. And after that, they will never be allowed to to go to enter any fort of any kind of dwarf. Like they are forever known as a Mari. As in, like, they will not be able to enter unless very specific circumstances just be able to enter and then leave again. But uh, they, but their home is no longer in a fort. Their home is, from now on, on the surface. Because of this rule, of course, there are quite a lot of Mare on the surface. So uh, so there are quite a lot of Mare's walking about. So, so there are villages and stuff made completely out of dwarves on the surface from Mare dwarves because they have nowhere else to go. So they simply make their own villages and such. All right, all right, all right. So it's not like there are, there are a substantial number of Mari existing yeah, because um, Mari also because Mari also themselves have kids as well. So they are kind of growing to kind of become their own power amongst mm. the dwarves. So would would it make these two a Mari? Yes. Um, so you two, since they're no longer in a keep. Well, yeah, I'm shunned. <laughs> yeah, you're shunned. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Right, that makes our barbarian call also shunned, not wanted really. Like that. <laughs> Did you know this when you chose to be a dwarf? Uh, yeah. Not when I first chose it, but it doesn't make uh, much difference oh, considering the character's backstory. So. All right. <laughs> well, I knew. Um, and it was a deliberate choice. Um, just because it would be fun in that social interaction when we, you eventually or uh would get back to one of these forts um because my character got his to to no he was i'm not going to go into the backstory but um he's been branded and uh, is not really welcome back for a lot of reasons not only the you went outside you're get, you're getting banished parts but different kinds of uh, reasons as well Something happened in the keep that made him either choose to leave or forced to leave. Yeah. Yes. I understand. Understand. I understand. Something happened. Something happened in your backstory. Mm -hmm. Mm, I wonder if that will be unraveled in the plot. (laughs) Mm, We shall see. (coughs) Stay tuned for. No. Sorry. That's good. All right. All right. Nothing happened in my backstory. I had a perfectly ordinary past. <laughs> Life was great. So why are you adventuring? That would be because an interesting it character, was though. Boring. <laughs> it was boring. Damn it! I wanted adventure. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. I'm not sure if I. I don't know if I have any other questions. To be honest. Um, so how did the mercenary that we are a part of? How did it how did it form and why? The Black Shields mercenary was formed quite a long time ago. It was formed about three hundred years ago. It was formed. 
And it was formed kind of as, since after the Great War, it was just chaos everywhere. And they needed order, so a lot of different mercenary guilds were formed and, and sort of, say, offering their services because so many people needed help. And, and the Black Shields Guild was simply one of those guilds that survived after everything calmed down, so they actually were able to survive on their own. So most other mercenary guilds simply just died out because there were no more work. But the Black Shields Guild, because they got so famous, kept on going. And, uh, and they even branched out to most countries. So there is some kind of Black Shields Guild headquarters in pretty much every single country that is talking to each other. And uh, which is one of the reasons why almost everyone goes to the Black Shields Guild because you can also sort of say put in requests for other countries other than the one you're in right now. A follow-up question then. Uh, is it safe to say that the baronies and all these different small parts of empires, they don't go to, to war against each other for, for dominance and maybe more power? The reason that they did a union was because it was constant infighting. So eventually they made a union, so now there is a council that is actually mostly going to Marla to speak, because Marla is the biggest city. So they go there to have their council meetings, and in uh, in total there is 28 baronies in Moloch. And these 28 baronies often don't don't agree to agree each other, especially the north and the south. They're, they're, they're pretty much divided into two, and the north and the south just don't agree with each other almost at all. The south is way more believing of Rilea, and the North is way more driven by trade and uh, things like that. So they're very, very different political stand view. So the rural very, religious South. Yes, so they very <laughs> often get into very heated discussions during their council meetings. And since they're 28 and even number, very often it becomes a stalemate with 14 for one thing and 14 for another thing. So it just keeps on going back and forth. And... Uh, Seems like they don't get anything done, really. They don't. They <laughs> truly don't. <laughs> sounds like another senator, no? Uh, yes. Yeah, it <laughs> sounds like we need to go in there and make the number uneven. Oh, my God. Which is... Um, uh, and this is also the reason why most baronies tempt themselves. But still, of course, they go to this council meeting in the hope that something's going to happen. But usually it doesn't. So, mercenary camps in, in Moloch just disappeared because there's no more fighting between barons. Yeah. We know fighting between barons, most uh, most mercenary places disappeared. So one could say they migrated into other empires with more fighting. I suppose, yeah. You can yeah. say that. Cool. But, I mean, it's still... Um, there are still other, like, elements of danger, of course, other than the infighting. You still have Absolutely. monsters and shit. The most common monster in Moloch is dragons. Oh. oh, yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> Although the most common of monsters is dragon. Not the humongous dragons flying about, but more smaller dragons, plains dragon. There, there's a dragon called the horned dragon. It kind of looks like, uh, you know, the, uh, the dinosaur with the long neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of looks like that one with no wings, just, just, a, just a big horn on its snout. And uh, that so he's a glorified dinosaur. He's a glorified dinosaur. That's very true. That uh, <laughs> uh, that shoots fireballs. Okay. Uh, so it's so it's still fucking dangerous. But that is probably one of the most common things that caravans try to move, move away from. Uh, there are also a few flying flying uh, dragons that fly about. That's mostly 
tinier dragons. Okay. Uh, still big enough to kill a human, but simply not the humongous ones. Only the horned dragon is probably big enough to be a very big Not threat. the gigantic treasure-hoarding smog-type dragon. No, exactly. Okay, you have heard stories of them existing in the south, mm. and uh, you have, and the parents often tell like horror stories to the kids, like, oh, if you go to the south, you're going to get eaten by a huge mm. dragon. <laughs> and that's... Uh, so therefore, they usually stay... They try to stay home and do what they're told, otherwise the big dragon's going to come and kill them all. So essentially, the Black Shield is like pest control? Kind of, yeah, yeah, sure. Or like uh, problems around the country, stuff like that. Also another important thing, there is another, uh, it's an empire to the south uh, called Sakrala, uh, which is consistent of 13 different kingdoms. Uh, Sakrala and Moloch, uh, well, Sakrala and the Moloch region, the baronies, have been at war with each other for a long time. Like, for at least a hundred years, they've been at war with each other. And they have recently gone into a truce, so they're simply no longer trying to murder each other. So right now, at, so right now it's kind of peace. It's kind of peaceful at the moment when you are going to enter the roleplay. So it's not a war, a war zone? No, it's not a war zone. It's, it's very <coughs> peaceful. And uh, Sakala is uh, very known by Moloch to be the most horrific, most awful place there is. Propaganda, propaganda, propaganda. Like the most awful thing you can ever imagine. Mm. Stuff like that. Um, so uh, just telling that because you're probably going to hear that in a roleplay about Sakala. 100 years, recent truth, Sakala. Okay. Yes. And the reason of war is mostly because of religion. Because Sakala believes in Hema and Moloch, and Moloch in uh, place believes in Trilia. So, who? Uh, Hema. Hema. Who is Hema? Hema is the great, is the great human warrior, the great human warrior god, the one who brings all humans to salvation, the one, the one, the one who protects humans and brings them forward in unity. The one, uh, the one who casts away magic in uh, casts away magic in the, in the sense of using uh, using the normal things that Hema gave them: your hands, your legs. Like, uh, uh, I mean, like if you're gonna plow a farm, use your hands. Don't use magic. Magic is bad. Magic is wrong. Well, that that gives me a good sense of the guy. Yep. Hmm. Because I'm assuming it's a guy. It's a guy. A gag. A guy. And uh, Sakala is on, almost only mainly human. Almost no other races is allowed to even be in Sakala. And if you is other race, you will be seen as a, a lower class citizen. Um, magic is completely forbidden there as well. Um, unless... Unless, well, if you are magic, you, you're if magical, you're going <coughs> to be forced to go into the army. You have no choice or flee. That is gonna be your that's gonna be your choices, so to say. So okay, a warring nation. So a warring nation. Do they have any other like existing or ongoing conflicts with any other nations? Absolutely. Absolutely. Almost every single other nation in the south they have an ongoing problem with. Uh, Sakala is probably the biggest empire in the south. They have an ongoing conflict with almost all other nations. They are not really attacking all the nations. But, for example, there's a country called Orc in the south, which is simply built by orcs, of course. Mm-hmm. And they are, they are at a constant, like, border 
a war there with each other, Sakala and the Orc. Um, there is uh, other two other countries. There's more Orc, which is Elo and Gamka. They're very often in a problem with them. But uh, there's nothing that is like full-on going war where everything is fighting and murder. It's more like they're having squabbles and they just don't like each other. It's just an existing conflict. That, exactly. Okay. Um, Definition also- by a Cold War, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yes. You've also heard that they're having a lot of problems uh, to their west, um, which is a problem with a region called Delaria. And Delaria is one of those countries where everyone knows very little about, one of those dark countries that is trying to keep themselves <laughs> secrecy. And Delaria is one of the few countries that was never taken, uh, like that was never fully taken down during uh during the great elven uh, during the great elven dwarven wars so delaria is the last region that was technically still part of dan n the the, the 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 true elf empire okay it was never taken down and and it was laying very silent for hundreds of years and then all of a sudden it started talking to the world again but still... Recovering their strength. Absolutely. Could be. Who knows? <laughs> uh, and there are a few traders who go there and back. And the trader seems to talk about exceptionally friendly, weird-looking elves. Um, all of them say... All of them say that they don't... They all say that they don't seem like true elves, but just... It's weird. Uh, and, but they all say that lands are dangerous extremely dangerous like walk that like like, like traveling the roads there is like 50 50 you're gonna survive so mm-hmm. most traders just don't go in there then i know where i'm heading <laughs> yes go 50 50 let's go 50 50 let's go i'm on the road roll mm-hmm. the dice yeah like those salts i guess mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me okay well i think it's fair to say like we could find a hundreds of questions about the world. Absolutely. But what um, what caused you to make this world? Why did you make this? I made this world. Probably started making this world about eight years ago. I've been working on it ever since, and it's been building up more and more and more. More continents, more countries been built, and I probably started uh, when I because I started playing role playing games about nine years ago. Uh, and I got just smitten. I loved it. And just a year or two after, I decided I love world creation. So I just decided, I oh, fuck it, I'm going to start writing a world. And I just kept writing and writing and writing and writing and writing and until I had so much information that I could just like, I mean, I can just turn this into a fucking roleplay world by this point. So why the fuck not? So I started by... Started by simply um, transferring it into different systems and see how it works. And I've been testing it out here and there, both uh, both my own homemade system, D&D systems, Pathfinder systems, everything. And uh, today we're going to play in the world using the D&D system. All right. Sounds like a great time. Yes. Eight like years of great time. Eight years of great time. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's head into it. Let's I'm eager. I'm also I want to get going. I believe that we are in that case done with all questions I think so yes I think so then dear listeners I truly hope to see you again in the next episode which is called Gnug's Tavern
字咧